0: Welcome back to Great Move North. More light and longer days opens opportunities to explore stunning surroundings for those who've decided to swap a cityscape for something seriously different. If you've ever wondered if a move is for you, or even if you're just about to do it, then this might be the place for you. We meet the people who've made that move and jumped. Directly outside Julian Martin Carrick's immaculate timber lodge, Bowen owls and hares perform aerobatics and gymnastics against a picture perfect backdrop of the three peaks. All that's missing is the third person who used to be a constant in both their lives. The invisible 12 stone they've shared as a result of a radical rethink of every aspect of those lives. Yet chocolates and homemade pies are perched invitingly on an island in their spacious kitchen. How come? So, Julian Martin Carrick, here we are in this extraordinary setting overlooking the Three Peaks. You were telling me you had a visitor flying by recently. Describe that.
1: Yes, it happens for the last ten days. We've got two absolutely magnificent barn owls. And they come any time between half past eight and ten o'clock. Sometimes it's twice in the morning. Um, today about 20 minutes before you arrived the female barn owl which is the, the big one came and she's absolutely gorgeous and we know when she's about because all the birds on our bird feeder just take off and the next minute you just see her because with owls as you know this island and they're so quiet they're beautiful
0: and we're looking at Ingleborough directly in front of you
1: yes definitely yeah.
0: to the right we've got Penny Ghent and Wernside
2: to the left, yeah. Just took round the corner, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing else. That's it. Nothing else. Down on the far side, there's the busy A sixty five, which thankfully you can't see or hear from here. It's, uh, but it's there. But it's just peace and quiet, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Lots and lots of wildlife. Sometimes we have the occasional uh, wild deer that comes in the field, um, but she's usually on her own. And we have lots of hares, etc. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an abundance yeah. of wildlife. Come,
2: come life. February and it's hare boxing time, they're, they're out on the field.
0: There's a brace of pheasants have just joined us outside the window. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: I've got two cheeky males and there's um, at least eight or nine females.
0: So tell me, what sort of a contrast is that from your previous lifestyle where you were living before you moved here? <sighs>
1: We lived in Sheffield on the south side um, at a little place called Beechiff. We were 20 minutes from Chatsworth by car and it was just a residential area but we were one of the lucky people because our house backed onto the crematorium and cemetery and we had a lot of wildlife that came into our garden because of the cemetery. Um, but out front we had a busy main road, a bush route but it was ideal while the children were young. And then we moved up here
2: 12 years ago. But we're also within walking distance of the Sheffield City Centre. Really, We we, we could walk into the city centre within, I don't know, half an hour. And uh, we thought we got the best of both worlds because we lived on the outskirts of the city centre, but had access to Sheffield City Centre as well, where we got theatres, cinemas, Mm. restaurants and everything. I thought we got the best of both worlds and then we decided to move up here and all of a sudden realized how busy it was we uh, even where we lived we we couldn't believe how busy it was and we've been back since and we can't wait to get away can we we can't wait to say right we've done what we've got to do let's let's get away to peace and quiet And I don't think we'd ever go back now, would we? No, we go back to see... Not not to city centre, living.
1: No, we go back to see friends and relatives occasionally, but it's a 200-mile round trip. It's exactly 100 miles from where we live now to our doorstep in Sheffield.
0: All still inside Yorkshire.
2: Oh, yes.
1: We'll we'll never leave Yorkshire with Yorkshire people.
2: Even even places like Bradford, uh, which which is only 20 minutes away, half an hour away from here, and sometimes Skipton... (laughs) Uh, which can be busy in you know, the summer, to, to, to just just spend ten minutes in the car and we're back here, and it's just so it's a million miles away. So it's
1: different world. It's, what it, does that
2: do
0: to your heart and soul when you get back here and you're driving up to this setting?
2: Well, it Is it solace? Oh, oh it, it, absolutely, absolutely. We we call this the we call this <laughs> <laughs> the, tropi- the tropical centre of the Yorkshire Dales because quite often we can be in Settle and it's snowing. and it's snowing or it's bad weather. And within 10 minutes, we we'll drive back up here and we're in this in this sort of absolutely beautiful...
1: It's like a cocoon, isn't cocoon, it? Cocoon, yeah. We it's can a, drive up the little, little lane and the, you can see the snow in the rear view mirror of the car. And as we're coming up here, we're thinking, there's no snow. And then all of a sudden, we have a bit of sunlight. It might be cold and it's always windy up here, mm. but it's just beautiful.
0: And mm. the rear view mirror here in your property basically is the Forest of Boland. That's That's right, right, yeah. So you're looking at the Three Peaks, you've got the Forest of Boland area of outstanding natural beauty. And you talked about the wildlife on the south side of Sheffield. Yeah. You were talking to me just before we started about your dogs.
1: Oh, yeah, that was back in Sheffield. As I said before, we actually... The house backed on, we had a lovely long garden onto... um, Abilene Crematorium for people who know Sheffield and we had a dog run and Sam was a puppy and he was in the pen with Sheba, a little black and white and we, we came home, we'd both been working shifts, opposite shifts we came home and the dogs were missing so the Sheffield star tried to get help us and somebody stole our border collie and uh, it, was, it was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah
2: it was, yeah.
1: yeah And the other dog was never the same afterwards and we believed that it got beaten up but we never found the culprit and this dog thefts are still going on now
0: And that was the downside of the two-legged relationships that you had a lot of close-up experience of in your previous careers
1: Oh yeah
2: Yeah,
0: Tell me about what you did
2: Well we were both in the police I joined the Sheffield um, Police Cadets in 1974 September 1974 and, uh I did two years as a cadet, and you joined in 1976, didn't you?
1: 76, yeah, because I'm younger than you did. Yeah,
2: 1976, <laughs> and Julie was a cadet as well, we were both cadets.
1: Yeah, I did two years and we both became police constables.
2: Yeah, I, I worked in Sheffield City Centre, just about all my services, except for little secondments here and there, and you worked at Woodseats.
1: Yeah, which is where we lived, and, and uh,
2: and, uh And then you were the cadet trainer. Yeah, I was
1: in charge of cadet training. I also worked operational round wood seats. I was, um, when I first started, the only lady police officer on a shift of men, which was very interesting. I learned a lot. Um, And unfortunately, a year after we married in 1983, I was involved in a massive big road accident going to an armed robbery in, in Sheffield. And had a serious accident and ended up with bowel cancer and I got pensioned out of the police force, um, um, you know, yeah. when I was young. And then Martin stayed in the police force and uh, I've done all sorts since then. You yeah. did how many years?
2: 32. I was luckily, lucky to be able to retire and, in April 2006,
1: wasn't it? 2006, yeah. yeah. Age 48 and a half?
0: What was the trigger then that made you decide to move from there
2: to here?
1: For me, I needed to get out of Sheffield because from the age of 24 till...
2: Well, it's 10 years ago, so you'd have been...
1: 52. 50,
2: 52. Yeah,
1: um, I was forever at Western Park Hospital having cancer checks, treatment, etc. And I said to Martin, now I'm not having to go, I'm, I'm on yearly checks... Can we move? And we'd always said we wanted to move in the country. Mm. So we looked at... And I
2: think the other trigger was all that both, both, both our lads had moved home. And got married. One was in the Navy. The other one was at... Um, it, he, was, it was, he was training to be a doctor. Uh, so we were in a big house, just the two of us, and we, we'd we always wanted to go and live more rural, far, far more rural. Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Um, and originally, we wanted to go to Derbyshire, We couldn't afford it. it was the prices there were, were, were extortionate. So we looked all over the country, uh, basically, to, to find uh, somewhere we could afford. And suddenly, this came up on a... A, a web page. On a web page called Just Lodges. And I, I have no idea how we got onto it. But we just did. We just found this place. And we called... Uh, in here on the way home from a visit to Scotland where one of our sons lives and, uh, and we found this and uh, we opened the front door, walked through and looked out at the view we've got and uh, just fell in love with it straight away We
1: But this was the show lodge and at first they yeah. wouldn't sell it to us but with a yeah, bit lot of persuasion we, we
2: uh, Persuasion and cajoling they, they sold us this one and We've
1: been there ever it. since
2: Yeah, I loved it and it's not, too, it's not too remote for us. It's, it's In fact, sometimes we wish it we were even more remote, don't we? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just fabulous, the peace and the quiet. and Yeah, it's, it's great.
0: So how did your mindsets change when you geographically
2: moved?
1: It was like a weight off our shoulders. It yeah, was like yeah, it walking in. It was, in. A,
2: it was a, like a massive relief, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: it was like walking in. You sit down and it's like when you get in a warm bath after a hard day's work. It was just... ah. Oh.
2: Yeah, relaxation, and and it still is. Why? I think it's a location. Uh, there's no, there's no hustle and bustle, and there's no constant traffic, and no. there doesn't feel a need to to always be doing something, whereas in Sheffield they, they, they felt there was almost this constant need that you had to keep along with the, the hustle and bustle and you had to keep along with the, uh, you know, with the, with the flow up, up here. There just isn't, is there?
1: No, no, no. You know,
2: if it's bad weather and uh, it's raining and blowing a gale outside, we can just hunker down in here and put something nice in the oven or or, or do a few experiments with our food, with our food. And do our exercise. Do a bit of training out in our little homemade gym there and... Um, there's just no, it's just, there doesn't seem to be the need to to, to or the pressure to, to do anything. You know, we can do whatever we want, when we want, get up when we want, go to bed when we want. Uh,
1: friends come and stay and we have to throw them out because they want to stay for longer than, uh, <laughs> you know. They say they're coming for a weekend and, oh, do we have to go back today? Yeah, we, yeah, we've got an appointment. <laughs> we,
2: we had some friends come to stay who live in Barnsley and uh, they we haven't seen them for...
1: About
2: 10 years? 10 or 15 years. we had just spoken on the phone or I went not seen them at all. And they came up here on Saturday. And on Sunday night at about 7 o'clock, we were sort of, sort of thinking, well, you better go because otherwise you're not going to get home because his wife had work the next day. <laughs> and they kept saying, we're going to have to go, we're going to have to go. And they felt exactly the same so as us, this, this sense of peace and quiet and tranquility and they keep ringing the they room, room was up every, every week just about mm. since they, if I have to get up there again we'll have to get up there again because they obviously found the same as us yeah. so
0: and you've you've had the, the physical change from the location to here and you also mentioned the gym which is just behind us yeah. here um, that's a bit unusual uh, what, what's what's all that about
1: well, we've always kept fit all our lives. When I was younger, I used to swim for Yorkshire, etc. And Martin was always interested in weightlifting. And mm. we did in the police. We did athletics. You played rugby. I did netball. Um, I used to teach it as well. And we've always kept fit. But as you get older, um, if you don't, if you don't keep fit, you lose it. And. You you get aches and pains, or you can't pick up things. So we've always been fit, haven't we?
2: Yeah, but I think unfortunately we we made keeping fit an excuse for being able to eat whatever we wanted to do. So we were fit people, but fat. But we were also very fat people. And as we got older, it be, we were just getting fatter and fatter and fatter, weren't we? Yeah. And when we came up here, and we had time to realize what was happening to ourselves and i think coming coming here made us realize that we were able to step away from everything and say well we need to do something about this we need to get some of this weight off as well as keep fit and we set about doing it. In, it was March 2018. Yeah,
1: but our problem was we
2: decided that that's what we're going to yeah, do, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, our problem was we could, I could outswim youngsters um, in the twenties. You could go to the gym and you were strong, and we could train, you know, for an hour or two hours and not be tired. And people looked at us and thinking, "My goodness, they're really fat. How do they do it?" And that's when we realised we didn't realise how fat we were. And we 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 sat down, didn't we? Mm. And we'd also had the news that our son, our oldest son, and his wife were expecting twins. And I turned around to Martin and said, "I know we're fit, but I don't want to be a fat grandma. If that yeah. makes sense." And also, and we looked
2: at it. I'd had a few uh, health scares with blood pressure problems and high cholesterol, and I'd been. Um, Before I moved up here, I'd been diagnosed with having something called chronic kidney disease, CKD, which at that time they diagnosed it as being at stage three. Well, apparently, there's only five stages, and if you get to stage five, you're talking about dialysis, which meant I only got two stages to go, which was scary. And, uh, we just thought well let's try and do something about all this let's let's see if we can figure out a way we can get rid of the medications we're all taking and mm. get rid of uh the, the you know the, the the problems we've got uh which is what we set out to do. you know we set out to do it and thank yeah. goodness we've done that
1: i was a weight watchers leader for 9 years in sheffield and i could always lose weight but i couldn't keep it off and that was the most frustrating thing. Yeah. And I find, because I was dealing with men and women that definitely wanted to lose weight, and also men and women who was underweight that put on. So I knew a lot about things, and you did, didn't you, mm. in nutrition. So we actually, I'm terrible. I have to write down what we eat, and then we looked at it, and then we said, well, let's cut out carbs, and... Um, and we found that since we we get our carbs from vegetables and other things, but we we don't eat rice, pasta and bread, but we can train longer and harder. We can walk further. Um, we can, if we are, we're decorating our own property, we can work all day without anything to eat because we've got so much energy mm. and we're sleeping better, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, nails um, and hairs growing. Like when the we were thing younger. is, we
2: tried. We tried all the the um, supposed ways to lose weight. You know, like calorie counting and Weight Watchers, mm. Slim as World, Slimmer's World, and um, I've seen, exercise. Seeing a nutritionist, and they didn't work. They, didn't, they don't work, they, or oh, they worked a short short time, and you may lose some, of, but then within months you're back to where you started again. And we wanted to do something that we could easily do and be that way forever.
1: So not only did we write a book, our first book, which is Lost It and Losing It, which says, or informs people, it's like a journal of what we did and how I lost seven stone in about seven to eight months and you lost five stone so we lost 12 stone between us eating proper food cooking recipes from scratch and we found a, a, a local lady um, who published it to us. so we, we, we had to finance it all ourselves and that was quite successful wasn't it and mm-hmm. then we found people was asking us about what do you do next? How do you maintain it? So during one of the lockdowns, we wrote our second book, which is Lost It, um, Living It and Loving It.
2: Yeah, Lost It it. it and Loving It,
1: yeah. Yeah, Lost It and Loving It. And that tells people how we maintain our weight with lots of recipes.
0: So we've got this invisible 12 stone person sitting between the pair of you that you've lost that's help with the disguise when you're bumping into former friends oh, yes. from your <laughs> previous lives and the motivation for people listening to this is going to be key it seems to me that the way this has worked is as a tag team you've done it jointly oh, what yes. was what was the what was the key to that am i right was it because it was a joint decision
1: it was and um, when when you actually look at yourself in a full-length mirror whether you're dressed or not dressed and you're not happy with what you see and and then you realize what other people see you as when you're dressed that I just turned to Martin when we found out we were expecting grandchildren or our son was I said I don't just don't want to be a fat grandparent and you said the same
2: yeah, but I think also the fact that we both wanted to do do something about a health and a, and yeah. a weight. But
1: we were honest with each we, other.
2: We we we've had to, yeah we have had to be very honest with each other and with ourselves. And uh, I think if we hadn't got each other to be able to do this, we want to have the motivation and be able to bounce ideas off each other and worries and uh, uh, any problems that have uh, arisen. We want to be able to achieve the success we had which is why we now want to be able to spread that word to other people yes and to to be for for them to be able to say to us what about if this happens what about if that happens can i do this can i do this because quite often there isn't any support for people who who want to 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 do the same as we have celebrities write a load of um, books and cookbooks and diet books for people but they don't have any support um, system system in place for, for the readers to be able to contact them and say can I do this or can I do this and that that's where we want what we want to do now because I, I mean, there's, there's actually a paragraph in one of the books now, in fact it's probably in both where somebody asked us how do you actually feel now that you've lost your weight and I've, we've tried to write it in the book, how we feel, mm. and you can't do it. You can't. I, I can't explain. In fact, you can. I can feel it now. Sort of welling up because it's so unbelievable the feeling that that, that we have now, mm-hmm. and the the. Um,
1: you actually feel. All right, it's almost feel. like
2: being reborn, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's it's incredible.
1: But it's like. It's like somebody's given you a million a million dollars and you feel like the world's your oyster. Well, we haven't got that sort of money. What we've got is not the weight on us, but we've got the energy and the motivation. And if we want to walk for 10 hours today, we'll do it. If we don't want to walk for 10 hours, we won't. But the, the, one of the nicest things for me as a woman is... If we've got a function to go out to or just meet friends who we've not seen for ages, I can go in the wardrobe, I can get something out and it fits. Yeah. And yeah. like most women, after winter, you you might go away for a weekend and you go in the wardrobe and you get things out and they don't fit.
2: Yeah. Or every time you go on holiday you think, Right, well, we better get the holiday stuff out and you go in and you have to try they don't things fit. on and you have to go and spend a fortune buying stuff to fit, and uh, you know it. It doesn't happen. that doesn't happen anymore. Doesn't it? It
0: was. It was very moving as you were describing mm. the transformative effect on your life, there, Martin. Mm. And that that sense of having the ability to do whatever you want mm. is perhaps summed up in
2: the one word of, of freedom. Is yeah. is that oh, is oh, definitely, absolutely, absolute freedom. Yeah, and, and it's. It's, it's so difficult to be able to explain that freedom. I mean, it's the freedom... I mean, even, even going out motorcycling. When you consider we were carrying 12 stones between us around on the motorcycle, and after about half an hour or 45 minutes of being on it, our bums were aching and our backs were aching and we had to stop and have a cup of coffee and a cake as well uh, at the nearest cafe because we, we were aching a bit. But now we... we, we we can go sort of 8 8 hours and not feel any yeah. problems and and it's that sort of freedom where you can just it, and it really is it is so much freedom and also all the all the um, medication that i was taking for my blood pressure my cholesterol um for gout i don't have to take anymore it's all gone because it's all finished and i re- i recently went to the doctors uh for my yearly checkup because now I'm over sixty, you're you know, MOT, you your MOT type thing, and I said to her, I said, how am I, how am I going with this chronic kidney disease? And she looked through all of my notes and everything. And she said, well, it looks as though it's disappeared. I said, well, I thought this was incurable, um, chronic kidney disease. Well, she says it's not there anymore. It's, there's no signs in your kidney function tests or in your liver tests and everything's fine so it looks as though it's not there anymore but you talked earlier on about losing it when as
0: you age the aging process losing the ability to move freely and Mm. losing that natural fitness and suppleness uh, you've lost that disease by the sound of it um, and it's been replaced by the peace of mind that you oh yeah You've yeah. described I'm oh, off yeah. all
1: my medication Apart yeah. from thyroxine Which has obviously been damaged With the cancer treatments and stuff And I feel wonderful But the other practical thing That Martin's not said about Which really affected me Was with having a motorbike And has both been 12 stone heavier We were going through motorbike tyres I know it sounds crazy <laughs> Because the extra weight yeah. It presses on the road And we were going through motorbike tyres not, not for uh, punctures where it would wear And when Martin Are taking for a service Oh I've got to have Some more tyres no, uh, and,
2: and petrol as well
1: Yeah petrol Yeah
2: petrol yes. And, and it's, it's unbelievable You, you wouldn't think It would make a difference <laughs> Since we've it's lost began <laughs> But since we've lost weight We, we can go further On the bike And
1: we don't have to Buy more tyres <laughs>
0: <laughs> And what we have Around us Is your own Amazing Kitchen And Recipe Section Where you prepare All your own food from yeah, scratch right. yeah, yeah we've
1: done some <laughs> very yeah. bad filming and we put a bit on youtube because we've we've got a, an email and a, a youtube site and we've had a giggle about how we how we cook and how we exercise and as you get older whether you you're an able person or a, a disabled person who wants to to lose weight and to exercise we can advise them on that yeah Can't and we? chocolate Oh, chocolate. chocolate. It's yeah. my favourite thing. We have chocolate every single day of our life, which when we were fat, we didn't. We used to gorge it now and again, but now we have it and we have... Um, What's different? I make sugar-free chocolates. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, they're awful. You'll have to try them.
2: So so everything we do now is is sugar-free and yeah. uh, we just don't need need that sugar... Um, buzz. buzz anymore it's, uh, you know it's, that, that's completely gone
0: but all these changes have happened if you'd addressed them individually by that I mean if you'd made the big decision about not being fat granny
1: mm-hmm.
0: while you were still living in the previous location with all the buzz and the mm. pressure and the traffic that you were describing or are all of them inextricably linked, are they all interdependent the physical move, the big decision, the fitness, the recipes.
1: Well we've always done exercise in Sheffield, I, but there was other commitments in Sheffield like I think they are the boys, probably linked, but to definitely some, linked to some
2: extent. But we just we just found the need to make a change in our lives and I think it's For that the better. It's that change that we've made. In our lives that are made as like we are now, and I think if you need, if you find yourself at a stage where you think I'm not, I'm not totally happy with what what I'm doing, but I'm not um, unhappy. But there's something needs to change. You have to sit down and take stock of what you've got and what you're doing, and say right, I'm going to make that change, and all, even though it may be only a very small change it has massive benefits benefits and consequences on your life so even really a really small change and just moving up here really wasn't a massive change it re- didn't seem a massive change no. it seems to be a trigger though I'm trying to
0: get at the formula yeah. So there's the physical move the the, the environment. And then the rest. Yeah, mm.
2: maybe it was maybe it was re- with uh, retiring and being able to have the time to do do it. Uh, to maybe take it stock. Was, may, maybe it was having the time to, to as Julie says, take stock of what you've got and what you're doing. That makes you want to do it. Um, I think it's several several things that.
1: And also, I think what hits us hard which we haven't mentioned, a lot of our colleagues in the last four or five years, our age, um, that are also retired police, ambulance, whatever, army, we kept getting um, emails and they'd passed away, they died. That's right, they died, and, and But they were very, very fit people. And then they, when we saw them when they retired, they started to become vegetable life yeah, and didn't an old, want to do and anything and, and, and look
2: old and become yeah. and become older people and when and we said i don't want to be an old, older person i don't want to be absence of sense of purpose that's right yeah, yeah that's yeah. it and i think you have to have a purpose no whether you're retired or whether or not whatever you're doing i think you've got to have a sense of purpose
0: and what's your purpose martin is it to pass this on
2: to, definitely to pass this on and be able and to inspire people. others who, who, who find themselves in the same situation as to be able to say well you know we can we can perhaps inspire you to to eat better cook better do some exercise um you know let us have a chat to you let's have a talk to you and you're saying julie then i think it's
0: place it's diet it's fitness
1: mm.
0: and together is that mindset and freedom
1: Oh, definitely, definitely,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah, and we've we've actually had um, new people, new friends up from round North Yorkshire to the to where we live, and we did a tasting session for people, and some of them were absolutely astounded at how much we eat and how nice it was that they've gone on and lost a stone or two themselves. I'm, I'm not talking about people that were, that were vastly overweight that we were and didn't realise. I'm talking that somebody might be a size 16 dress and she'd love to be a 12. Now, I know from past experience, uh, that every £10 a woman loses, you, on average, you lose a dress size. So if you're a size 16 you want to get into a 14, you want to lose £10. Well, most of them lost... A stone, a stone and a half. So they went from a 16 to a 12. And that, when, once a woman's done that, she's a different woman.
0: Don't ask this question. Go on then. What about your numbers?
1: My numbers are, it's in the book. Fortunately, there's an awful picture of me. I was a 2022 20, and I'm now, um, I'll say, an 810. My trousers are a 10 and my top's an 8. I've gone from an an almighty, massive, big bust to something manageable, (laughs) which I prefer. (laughs) And you were a double XL. XL I even had to make Martin shirts at one point and trousers because we couldn't get them to fit because he hadn't got a belly, but he was a big lad. He was solid, so we couldn't get... And he'd got massive thighs with training, and now you're a medium, mm, yeah, a medium. medium, off the peg, medium trousers, a medium shirt.
2: It certainly makes you feel mm. good. And that's what we want to do. We want to be able to, uh, it's, it's not just about selling books or anything like that, but it's being able to inspire others.
1: And educate them. That,
2: that, um, and I'm sure there are, there are thousands of people who are in our position of a similar sort of age, and even people who, who, are, who, are, who are a lot younger. Who want to make the change, make some changes, but not are not quite sure how to do it, how to, say, to to take that step, how to take that step and say, right, this is what we want, this is what I want to do. Can you tell me how to do it? Uh, and I'm fairly certain that we mm. can. Well, we, we, we we can yeah. show show them what to do or what not to do. Yeah.
1: We met a 27 uh, year old lady. Uh, we were. Before COVID, we were doing a book promotion in Kendall, in WH Smith. They kind of let us in. And we got talking to her. she has got two young children. And she, she bought our first book. And the next day, we were doing a promotion at Lakeland in Windermere. Again, they were very kindly to have us in. And we got an email while we were talking to people doing doing a promotion. And Martin says, well, you answer this lady. So I looked at it, and she sent us four pictures, and she said, I'm in the supermarket, I'm too embarrassed to ask people, but which of these pictures is broccoli? So she she sent me a picture of a cauliflower, a white cauliflower, and I said to her, the white one is like my brain, that's a cauliflower, that's not broccoli. Then there was one that was a green with spiky, and it's the...
2: Is it Romanesque cauliflower? Yeah.
1: And I said, that one that looks like an alien, that's also a cauliflower, but don't buy that. It's expensive. And, you know, I know you're on a tight budget. And then the next picture was of a tree a green tree, and I said, well, that's the broccoli, that's what you want. And the other one was um, a cabbage, a savoy cabbage. And I said, no, you want that for something else. And I sent her a message back, and uh, she, she sent, sent it back, and she, and she sent a picture of what she ate, and she's lost a couple of stone. And I asked her why why she couldn't cook, and she was saying that she'd never been taught, and her children know how to take a sleeve off a meal Cricket and put it in the microwave and since then she's been baking she's actually mm. made our recipe of sugar-free ice cream for the children and the children as she said were like little dumplings and they've actually slimmed down
2: and, and, and i know they say on, on the tv about how we need to make sure where uh, the food comes from and its provenance and everything but people don't basically know where things just things like milk and cheese and and how it's made and where it comes from they have no concept of it at all or
1: joints of meat or what vegetables are good for you
2: know or that 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 pork comes from pig or uh, they're not sure whether it comes from cows sometimes or what what meat comes from where Uh, they've no idea about how animals are fed or what they're fed on and this is the sort of thing we want to get across to people. Um, so they know
1: what they're eating. Th-
2: they know what they're eating and where it comes from, and it's easy to to prepare good good food cheaply, very cheaply. And and I mean we we save a fortune on on our food bills. Oh yeah, because we don't buy processed and expensive foods. You know we buy simple. Uh, food, but make it taste good. So it's an educational role as well. You're teaching well, like, ho- people. Yeah, hopefully, yeah.
0: This yeah. extraordinary lifestyle. Yeah, hopefully, it's been amazing listening to what you've achieved. I what I can't you. wait to do is step over the spare tyres and uh,
1: <laughs> taste this chocolate. Try the chocolate.
0: <laughs> so, Julia Martin, thank you so much for you your very time. welcome.
1: Thank you.